This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Las Vegas, Spencer Linton, and from Studio B, Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is semi-final Monday, March 8th, 2021. Let's go. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with the man who probably agrees with me on this one, Spencer Linton, that we have now peaked officially. Yes, uh, we appeared in Shake Shack in Las Vegas. <laughs> our girl Kiki Solano and one of our production assistants, Sarah Hosian, there to promote BYU TV in a, an establishment that is renowned in the West. Shake Shack, Jeremy, reminds me of uh, the McDonald's in Virginia that had BYU TV and BYUSN on every day a few years back. Yeah, we just need to random. get the other burger joints involved, right? Yes, yes. More burgers and free burgers for us, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> now, what's going on behind you is noisy. It's BYU, right? That's right. The men's basketball team practicing right now. The women's team finished shoot-around just before them. So both teams, because they don't play until today and don't practice on Sunday, were the first two teams in the gym in that order. So they're going live right now. But I should warn you, Mark Pope likes to have this quiet time with free throws. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll gauge that, and we'll try not to be too loud to interrupt that very, very precious quiet time for the men's basketball team. As my mother-in-law told my uh, wife when she was little, let's play the rock game. Who can sound like a rock? That's going to happen <laughs> oh, later geez. in the show. Okay, here's the show lineup. It's loaded. Semi-final Monday, as mentioned, for the BYU men and women's hoops teams. Will the Cougars' NCAA tournament seating on the men's side be affected drastically by the result tonight? Either way, they're getting after it behind you. I love it. Gregory Bell will chat with us about that. Jennifer Rockwood makes history with women's soccer. She'll join us coming up later in the program. And our guy Noah Reeb gets a special visit from the Cougars. And here are today's headlines. Let's start with this. BYU basketball game day on the men's side. Jerem semifinal Monday, of course, at the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. The Cougars... Get the team that they wanted. A little bit of a revenge match. Rematch with Pepperdine after losing in Malibu. Midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific. You can watch it live on ESPN2. You can listen live to Greg Rebell on BYU Radio. This will mark the first ever meeting between BYU and Pepperdine in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Yeah, it's a late one. Let's go. Uh, get, I know David Almodova's getting a nap in tonight. He put two hours in his calendar for that. Two-seed women's hoops in the semifinals as well. Big-time rematch with three-seed San Francisco. Five Eastern right here on BYU TV. The Cougars lost, uh, you know, by 14, nine days ago on the road to the Dons. Winner plays for the WCC title tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, massive game. Interesting how both BYU men's and women's basketball get the team that they lost to on the road. So it's, it's a similar setup for these teams. Congratulations to BYU women's soccer head coach Jen Rockwood on win number 400 in her career. Incredible. The Cougars handled LMU on Saturday 3-1. Michaela Coulihan scored her fourth goal of the season. She's going to score a few more as well, Jerem. Uh, Yeah, that's for sure. Congratulations to Jennifer Rockwood, who is BYU women's soccer. We will talk to her coming up. Number 15 women's volleyball beat San Francisco twice over the weekend. Uh, in three and then four on the road. Number two men's volleyball beat USC Friday to get to a three-match win streak now. Both return home this weekend to play matches on BYU TV for the ladies uh, Friday and Saturday. For the ladies, it's uh, Pacific. For the men, it's Stanford. BYU cross-country now preparing for Nationals, Jerem. 
The men's team, of course, defending national champions, ranked number one right now. The women's team defending national runner-ups, they're ranked number two, so right on course with where they were, no pun intended. Both squads fresh off championships in the WCC. Number 11 gymnastics puts up a 196-9 at number two Oklahoma, who won the meet, but Oklahoma's now number one. They're legit. But so is BYU, still top 12. Fourth straight 196-9 or higher for the Cougars. They are fun to watch, man. A great weekend for basically every sport except for BYU baseball and BYU softball. The Batcats were swept by Oregon State on the road, losing the final game in walk-off fashion in the ninth inning. BYU softball loses also in a last-inning scenario against Stanford falling 3-2. Better days ahead for both teams, certainly. And this just in, BYU men's basketball is... Not in the top 25, still at 26. USC had a couple of uh, wins while BYU was idle, so USC jumps the Cougs into the top 25 at 24. 93 votes for what's that worth, uh, what that is worth. So almost (laughs) in the top 25. Maybe BYU going into March Madness uh, figures that out, but uh, not quite in the top 25 yet. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Semi-final Monday with BYU and Pepperdine tonight, midnight Eastern. The two split games uh, in an odd back-to-back game situation earlier this season. Vegas says BYU by 9. Spencer, you can just talk to them directly if you want down there. Uh, Ken Palm says 11. <laughs> what do you expect in the rubber match? I expect a very, very intense and focused BYU basketball team based on what's going on behind me, Jerem. This has been uh, an eye-opening practice, to say the least, from what we've been able to observe thus far. I can hear Mark Pope screaming all the way up here, and he's not take Because he knows what happened last year in this same scenario, Jerem. On a Monday, when BYU didn't get to play a game on Saturday or have a practice on Sunday... He's, he was able to learn from that, so he's doing some things a little bit differently this year, trying to get his team right. So I expect this, ba- this basketball team to show up like a team that failed last year in this same scenario and to play very, very intensely and hard and, and high pressure, take it at Pepperdine, uh, be all over Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards. I expect BYU to play much better in this scenario than they did last year. So I feel like the lines that you just set up are pretty fair. I think BYU is going to win this game. I don't know if convincingly is the word, but I don't think it's going to be tight at the end. Maybe it will be, but I just think BYU is in a better spot than they were before. BYU is a better team than they were when they lost in Malibu. Since that game, BYU has won 6 of 7. The only loss is Gonzaga. Pepperdine's gone 4 and 4. Pepperdine's been mediocre since then. In four of those six games that BYU won, they won between 14 and uh, 45 points. Saturday, Pepperdine got a combined 46 points from Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards. That's what they do. But Colby Ross went 6 of 17. The way that Pepperdine can stay in the game is if Ross gets to the free throw line. He went 12 of 12 Saturday. He went 11 of 13 against BYU in the win. That's what they need to do to win. BYU's awesome right now. There are only seven teams in the top 28 in offense and defense. BYU's one of them in Ken Palm. So, I like that. BYU's peaking at the right time. Caleb Lohner has emerged as one of the best freshmen, or probably the second best freshman in the conference right now. Matt Harms had his first double-double of the season on Saturday. Since then, Alex Barcelos had a 7-for-7 seven seven three-point game. So BYU is different, and I don't think it's going to be like last year. St. Mary's was way better than Pepperdine is. St. Mary's last year with Jordan Ford was a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. They were the BYU this year. Pepperdine's not even an NIT team, okay? 
there's a there's a massive difference there. So I, I think BYU is a different team, and that will manifest itself tonight. Yeah, and I just heard Mark Pope a couple of minutes ago uh, as they were preparing to defend Colby Ross specifically say, he's going to go for 60 if we don't figure it out. <laughs> and he might, so. but here's my thing. I like Colby Ross. I do think he's uh, over-explained and overrated a bit, honestly, because he's, in, he's not crazy efficient. He has the capability to be amazing, and he was last year. It was like 42 points against St. Mary's in that double overtime game. But generally speaking, he is the 6 of 17 guy who has to get to the line. So if BYU can prevent a 12 of 12 situation from the free throw line for him, I'm not overly concerned. This is Pepperdine. Is BYU a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament right now, or are they a team that loses to Pepperdine? That, they, those are two very different squads. I ain't scared. I think tonight's going to be more comfortable than we think. Yeah, and I hope that BYU figures out a double-digit win, whether it's 10, 12, 14. I'm hoping for a scenario like that where they leave no doubt for the voters and the selection, not the voters, but the selection committee who are looking at this to say, okay, the loss in Malibu, while it wasn't a bad loss because it's quad two, BYU's cleared it up. Like They won two out of three. It's good. They're moving on, and we don't have to worry about you know, dropping them on the seed line, which naturally leads us into our next topic, Jerem. Win or lose tonight for BYU men's basketball, how does it impact their NCAA tournament seeding? Now, if BYU loses, I think BYU's in danger of the 8-9, uh, which is what we've been saying. Avoid anything but that. I'd rather be a 10 than an 8. Um, if BYU wins, I don't think it does much for the Cougars. I think they're in a similar spot, but they've got a shot at 6 or 7. But because Pepperdine is 115 in net, this would be a quad three mm. loss. That would be the worst yes. loss by quad in the Mark Pope era from last year to this year. So it would be significant in that way. But Cougar Nation freaks out way more than the committee does on these things. If BYU has one quad three loss, still in a great spot, wouldn't be a big deal. Maybe you drop a line depending on what happens around you. But BYU's in a great spot to be anywhere from a six to nine right now. Yeah, I don't think that BYU will even fall as far as a nine, Jeremy. I think that they the numbers are so favorable for BYU that they feel like a lock as one of the higher seven seeds. That they lose to Pepperdine tonight, they're probably an eight seed. But I, I think the spectrum now goes from if they beat Gonzaga, get through Pepperdine, and I know that's a huge, huge if. They beat Gonzaga, then they could climb as high as maybe a five seed. But I, I don't see them dropping below an eight seed, even with the loss to Pepperdine. That said, I, I, I want BYU to be at least a seven. If they're convincing tonight, maybe a six. And then depending on how they look against Gonzaga, we'll see. But, man, it, it'd be great for BYU to climb all the way up to that six seed, at worst a seven seed. Yeah, six would be amazing. Uh, the last time you know BYU went to a Sweet 16, BYU was a three. That's not going to happen. Unless you ask, like, one of the weirdos, uh, you know, with bracket <laughs> matrix, has BYU like a two? Someone has BYU as a two. Right. What? Yeah. Uh, and then you look at the last time BYU, the second, uh, the other time BYU, uh, you know, made a run in the tournament, BYU was a six with Danny Ainge. 48 team tournament, a little different, but um, let's update the resume, by the way. Net stays at 19. That's a great spot. Ken Palm plus two to 20. BPI down a spot to 29. KPI has BYU at six. I still don't get that. Plus two. Yeah, neither do I. Um, <laughs> strength of record, minus one at, at 22, and then Sagarin stays at 23. So, yeah, just BYU's looking good, man. Uh, and like we said, there's a possibility of getting to a six. 
Seven is where BYU is sitting right now. Eight or nine is hopefully the avoidable spot, but not, not terrible. It's just tough with a second-round matchup against a one. Um, and, and now we have entered and are about to enter quiet time, okay? A.K.A. BYU nap time. So what's happening? What's happening? I can speak as loud as I want! You cannot. Down on the court, BYU is shooting free throws on both ends of the court, and they kind of go in like a circle at the free throw line, and they want absolute silence to the point that they will go to concessions and anyone in the venue and say, hey, we needed to be quiet, even if we're on live TV. We actually got chided last year. Jerem, Jerem, can you hear me if I whisper? Yes, yes. Yes, I can, Spencer! Jerem. Yes, you can yell as loud as you want, but I am not allowed to talk more than 15 decibels. <laughs> and now, you don't, you don't have a speaker, right? You just have an AirPod in or something? I've, I've got an, an AirPod in, yep. Okay, uh, so I, I can be loud then? Said, I'm good? You, you can be as loud as you want. <laughs> oh, they want me to be quiet even in the studio. Mark can hear all the way from Provo. So BYU shooting, shooting free throws. Enjoy, they just want no, of, absolute silence. Of, of note, Jerem, Mark Pope told You're us too earlier last You're week. You're too loud, Spencer. You're too loud. Sorry, he, t- he told us earlier last week that this is like the only quiet time these guys get in their entire lives. Five minutes where there's just no disruptions, no distractions. Mo- that's baloney. Most of these guys don't have children. Okay? That's, that's grade A baloney. Okay? Matt Harms from the strike, and he makes it. This is li- live images from Las Vegas as BYU is in quote-unquote quiet time. They want to concentrate, right? And we, we, were, we were too loud last year. We were too loud. We got chided. So right now they're trying. We've learned our lesson. They're focusing. We're doing it differently this year. They're concentrating. Yeah, it was our fault BYU lost to St. Mary's last year. Okay, our question Correct. of the day. Correct. Who will be the Y factors? We continue to look at BYU shooting free throws in Las Vegas for BYU tonight against Pepperdine. Let's hear from you in the quiet voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation Shh. on BYU Sports. There we go. Thank you. At Laser Sheep, Caleb Lohner. I think he's going to posterize someone between the 12-minute and the 8-minute media timeouts and change the game. That's a very specific prediction. I like that. Who's moving around around oh, I can. You? That's too loud. I. No, no, no. The camera's moving. Our, the camera's our, moving. Uh, We're going to see. Okay. Our commander-in-chief, our commander yes. In chief, yes. Dave Phillips, Jr., yes, we call him affectionately, is, is, is positioning the camera yes. again in front of me so yes. that I can act like I'm important I'm, and be part of this show again. I'm just afraid that Mark will have hurt him. We're doing our part, man. We're doing our part. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes. All right. Coming up on the show, try not to be too loud. (laughs) Does a win tonight make this BYU team better than last year's team? And Gregor Bell joins us from Las Vegas. Who will be the Y Factor in tonight's semifinal from within the shadows of the everlasting hills in Las Vegas (laughs) and Provo? This is BYU Sports Nation. Shh. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. BYU women's basketball punching their ticket to the WCC Finals if they can get past San Francisco today, a team that just beat them on the hilltop about a week ago. 
watch a huge game live at 5 Eastern today on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Are we out of the quiet time then? We, we, are, we, are, we are out of quiet time. We, we cleared uh, all of the protocols. <laughs> Did anyone yell the at us this protocols. year? No, nobody yelled up at us in our suite here. We, uh, we're apparently good. Well, we'll find out. We found out later there was an issue last time. <laughs> We're live in Studio B. It's not quiet time anymore. And your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton. Let's bring in our next guest. He is the voice of the Cougars. He was in Missouri last week, L.A. Now he's in Vegas. It's Vegas, and then he's coming back home uh, this week because guess what? Soccer and baseball are at home in Utah. Greg, what's up? Frequent traveler miles aplenty, right? Vegas, baby, Vegas. Yes, crisscrossing the country for Cougar Nation. I love it. Okay, tell us, tell us about your experience with quote-unquote quiet time, where BYU focuses, because we just saw it live, and this is the thing they do on shoot-arounds on game days, and they take it very seriously, as we talked about. Oh, yeah, non-negotiable, and everyone is in play. If, you're, if you are a human being in the venue, you're going to find out about quiet time. I love it. <laughs> It's good to have quiet time. And Mark said, this is the only time they'll have quiet time. But I argued that none of them have kids, so I don't actually believe that. But let, let's talk about this situation. We've been talking about get to the semifinal Monday, right? Get one of those top two seeds. Uh, get the second one. Get to this game. Now it's Pepperdine, which is an interesting one because it's a team that beat BYU in league. The only team that can say that, not named uh, Gonzaga, right? So here we are. What do you expect in the rubber match? Well, BYU certainly defended well enough to get the sweep. I mean, Pepperdine shot a really low number in the 30s from the field, in the 20s from three. It really came down to two, uh, to two key factors. Uh, Pepperdine only turned it over 15 times in two games. They took really good care of the ball. And even though the, uh, they were out-rebounded in hole, the rebounds they got were the key ones, the offensive rebounds. And so it was really offensive rebounds and ball security that allowed Pepperdine to get the split and just barely, let's note. All right, BYU lost by three points in Malibu. Uh, in, in a game, again, where Pepperdine shoots a really low, low number. And so I really think those two factors are, are – I just spoke with Lorenzo Romar this morning, and he said it was rebounding that won us that game. He said getting extra shot attempts, and that's the story. Over two games, Pepperdine got off 19 more shots than BYU. That's how you shoot a low number and still find a way to win a game. You just get more volume, and they generate the volume by not throwing the ball away, which BYU did too much of and crashing hard to the offensive glass. So BYU's got to do a, a really uh, you know, dedicated and focused job on the defensive glass and, and not get into the double-digit turnover you know, you know, game too deep into the teens. They turned it over 25 times, 24 times in the two games. When Pep's turning it over only seven, eight times a game, that's a problem. Greg, how different is this BYU team compared to the one that lost in Malibu against Pepperdine? I, I think BYU is playing better uh, right now than the Cougs were at that time, but I think Pepperdine also looks a little better now. Yes, they did have that three-game losing skid late in the year, where they kind of, you know, they were challenging BYU for that two spot, and then they dropped off. But I, I will say that individuals, you know, as I update my boards from January 27th, I'll go back to my last Pepperdine board, for example, and I'll look at that January 20, 27th game, and I'll use it as a template. And as, a, and as I'm updating these individuals' numbers, I'm noting that their most important players all have better numbers now than they did five, six weeks ago. When I talk about the most important players, I'm talking about three guys right now. And the third has recently emerged, and this is kind of a storyline as well. You know about Colby Ross. You know about Kessler Edwards. Jan Zedek is the guy right now. He's the third leading scorer on this team and occupying a much larger role 
than he had five, six weeks ago. So Pepperdine's got a big three, and BYU's got a big three. And and I, although it's more than just individual numbers, I, I really think that BYU's best players have to be playing better together than they did on that day in Malibu. And, and I'll reference Pepperdine's big three as an example, all right? Ross, Edwards, and Zedek. They just played a game against Santa Clara. That is a win or your season is over game. What happened there? Those three guys each had double-doubles. How often does that happen? Three college teammates, double-doubles in the same game. Edwards and Zedek, points and rebounds. Ross, points and assists. That's huge. When your three best guys combine to play that game, you're not losing. You're not going home. Your season continues. I'm not saying that BYU's got to get you know double-doubles from Harms, Averett, and Barcelo, but they all three had suboptimal games together in Malibu, and that can't happen for BYU tonight. Yeah, certainly the risk of a quad three loss is there. We talked about it. This would be, if BYU lost tonight, the worst loss in the Mark Pope area. He hasn't had a quad three yet. Yet, if BYU wins, it's sort of the status quo. You get to the title game. You hope to compete. Maybe you pull off the massive upset of Gonzaga. If you don't, it's all good. BYU's still in the tourney. But it could be interesting because I don't think there's a lot... Like, there's there's a little bit of bad that could happen, but maybe drops BYU's seed line in the tourney. But I think BYU's in a pretty comfortable spot regardless of what happens. But obviously you want to win. So how do you feel like this game will affect BYU's tournament seeding, if at all? Yeah, I, I, I made the joke on Twitter this morning that, uh, that that BYU's seven seed with Joe Lenardi, at least, is encased in a glacier because it's not moving. <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been a seven seed for a while now. And Joe, I think, has already said uh, to a follower on Twitter, the only way they get above the seven is by beating Gonzaga. It's mm. kind of harsh, but they said he says the only way they move is by beating Gonzaga. But a move downward is possible if you don't win. Uh, there's no doubt that if you lose in the Monday semis after the triple bye for a second straight year, uh, you could drop a line uh, or two, depending on the projections, right? But And then the only way to move up is beating Gonzaga. So that's why you kind of feel like, yeah, they're, they are probably status quo. If they go one-and-one one in Vegas, what they were before Vegas is likely what they were, what they'll be coming out of Vegas. But the potential is there for a huge leap, and I think it's more than a seed line if you beat Gonzaga. But that said, that's, not, that, that's for another day. You have to avoid um, losing after the triple bye. You know, BYU had that first experience with it last year and, you know, had arguably their worst game of the year, right? Scored 50 points and lost to St. Mary's, albeit on a buzzer beater, and and it was going to be a grind anyway at St. Mary's. That said, they kind of knew that, you know, win or lose, they'd be okay. As it turns out, last year they weren't okay because there was no tournament. This year, win or lose, they're going to be okay. It's the same situation. But I think the potential is there to do a little bit more than maybe a seed if they can, you know, get to Tuesday and pull off a miraculous upset. As for tonight, yeah, uh, take care of business, move on, and it's nice to know you're locked. And I mean, BYU's locked. They were locked last year. That's a great way to go into tournament play. Uh, Pepperdine's got more of an edge, though, right? Pepperdine has the edge BYU doesn't have tonight. They are playing to extend their seasons. Win or go home, for BYU, it's not that case. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with us on BYU Sports Nation. I want you gentlemen to know that uh, we are apparently in the good graces with BYU basketball based on our behavior within quiet time. Mark Pope just yelled my name. <laughs> Caleb Lohner wanted to point out that he can see your face, Greg. He said, Greg, your head looks awesome. Uh, they can see the TV up here. So we, we, we did our part. They're, they're ready to roll. They're, they're in good spirits right now. I love tournament play. Uh, nothing beats uh, Vegas in March. 
Uh, no matter what the league, uh, it, it's, it's an incomparable feeling. And uh, as long as I've been doing this, uh, that, same, that same buzz and energy always creates itself. Even without fans in the stands tonight, it's going to be a special night at the Orleans Arena. Uh, there's something uh, ir- irreplaceable about being able to win and play another day. Okay, let's talk about the matchup Greg, some more. With uh, pe- Oh, go ahead, Smith. I was going to ask, we, we've been talking about why factors tonight, and you brought up the big three. Obviously, Harms, Barcelo, Averett. Uh, typically when they play well, BYU plays well. But who, who is maybe the guy outside of those three that you expect to step up and play well tonight and be the quote-unquote Y factor? Well, and it's, because he actually had quite a good game um, in Malibu. Uh, in fact, when he was coming off the bench that day, the bench guys, Harward, uh, Johnson, and Lohner, were you know, maybe you know, among the best players on the floor that day. It was you know, the, the, the starters, the, the big three, the seniors who kind of had, again, off days together. So I'll go to Caleb Lohner right now. Uh, where he is now and where he was then, he's made leaps, and yet that was a great day for him. That, that was a big day for him and maybe kind of hinted at how his late season might come along. But uh, I think Caleb Lohner, now that he's starting, he wasn't starting then, uh, could be somebody that uh, BYU really depends on tonight to give them uh, a bit of a why factor beyond the big three. And I really do focus on those big three. Again, I'm not asking that they have that they each have double-doubles tonight. Uh, but it was unusual that uh, in Malibu, they all struggled at the same time. You know, And clearly, they're going to be a focal point. Uh, but they, you know, if just one of them had you know, maybe an average day for them, they win that game. BYU lost by one possession. It was a tie game in the final minute. So it was just that close. It might have been just the difference they needed. But, uh, you know, maybe the, the second half of the St. Mary's game is a pretty good indicator of what can happen when these guys are, are unified in purpose. Those seniors on senior night uh, really just carried the team to the finish line against St. Mary's. It was so great to see. And we know they're capable of it. And I think now is the time. I mean, you know, Colby Ross is doing it for Pepperdine right now. Uh, Alex and Brandon and Matt can do it for BYU. Uh, these seniors, um, it's coming toward the end, potentially the end for all of them at BYU. And uh, that, that sometimes does something special uh, to a player or group of players when that much is on the line. Yeah, and I'm sure BYU wants to avoid what it did last year, albeit against a much tougher opponent last year. That was a single-digit seed St. Mary's against Pepperdine tonight. Let's uh, finish with this. Women's soccer, Greg. You were at LMU. You've been there all season with this team. We, we love this team. Jennifer Rockwood gets her 400th win. She's the only coach BYU's had since 95, and she is the program, essentially. That was a pretty significant milestone for her on, on Saturday. Yeah, it's funny. We're on the bus after, and you know, she's telling tales about her first year and and, you know, wandering up to Laramie and wondering, are we ever going to get a win? And, and uh, you know, it is just you don't know what you're doing when you're starting. And then all these years later, 26 seasons later, you know, she's a she's a coaching legend and BYU is a Western soccer powerhouse. And I, I brought this note up this morning, uh, you know, because she's clearly in elite company with some of the best Division one coaches in the history of the game, the Anson Dorrances and Jerry Smiths and guys like that. But, you know, she's the first female to do what she's done, which is coach at only one school and get to 400 Division I wins with that school. First woman to do it. Um, and, and, and there are a lot of great coaches from both genders in the game, but I think it's notable uh, that she's the first uh, female coach to get that accomplished. And, and um, you know, that's, that, that, that's notable to me, to, to be at one place, be the program essentially, and have such continued and consistent success over a quarter century plus. And beyond all of that, you know, you all know she's just – you know, an amazing person and, and, and wonderful 
helpful to work with and and and, and so great for the players and uh, BYU as an institution. So just uh, nothing but love for Jen Rockwood and all she's done and continues to do for BYU. It's fantastic. On International Women's Day, of course, we honor Jen Rockwood yeah. and all the women with BYU Athletics. By the way, Cougar Stats did tweet that BYU was 5 of 7 from the line as we whispered through quiet time. So we're getting some stats about that, which is, we, you know, I was hoping it was 6 of 7 or 7 of 7, but anyway. Greg, great stuff. We appreciate the time. 11 Eastern, Cougar pregame live starts. And then midnight Eastern, baby, it's a late one. Get a nap in. Will do, guys. Thanks. Go Cougs. Greg Rebell and Desiree First Credit Union Hotline. Desiree First, you know why we show how. Yeah, 6 to 7 would have been a little better. Who's behind you now? Who's down there? They're still down there, Jerem. Oh, that's Brigham. They're, uh, they're, they're still, still going. getting in some final shots. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, well, I so assume I, they I went to the bottom to turn of the my hour. back. Yeah, I never mean to turn my back on the audience, but... You've uh, never turned your back on me. I appreciate again. that. <laughs> hopefully I get a break on that. Coming up, Jerem, is 400 wins a big deal? Yes, we obviously think yep. so. How does Jen Rockwood feel about it? She's going to join us live. As we look at Brandon Averitt and the Cougars continuing their shoot-around on game day, do you buy that BYU has a 25% chance to make the Sweet 16? What? This is BYU Sports Nation from Vegas and Provo. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Maybe you've heard BYU basketball faces Pepperdine tonight in the Men's West Coast Conference semifinal pregame coverage. Begins at 11 Eastern with Cougar Pregame Live. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant have the live call at midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. I just realized BYU's quiet time was preparing themselves for the game itself because there's no fans. It'll just be, shh, all right, just keep it in-house. Let's do our yes. thing. Yeah. Awesome. I love yes. it. Yes, very calculated move there. Yep, yep. Mark's smarter than we are, that's for sure. He is Spencer. I am Jerem. This is BYU <laughs> Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cook Rip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jeremy, if the BYU men win tonight, does it solidify this year's team as better than last year's team because last year's team lost in the semifinal? No. No. BYU doesn't have a top five win, isn't top ten in net, and isn't facing a single-digit NCAA tournament seed in the semifinal in St. Mary's. It's 115 net Pepperdine. So, no. Uh, If this team, like, wins two games and goes to Sweet 16, then... Maybe they were better, but we don't know that that team last year would not have done that. I think they might have. BYU's probably going to have to beat Gonzaga and win a conference tournament championship. Then we can legitimately have that conversation about, okay, did they just take the next step? BYU did beat Gonzaga last year, but, yeah, didn't get the tournament championship. So, yes, perhaps that's the one. Uh, Team rankings gives BYU a 25% chance to advance to the Sweet 16. You buying that? If they're a six seed, sure. Yeah, if BYU's a six seed, I'm okay with 25%. Seven seed gets a little bit tougher, but BYU's got some work to do. They got to beat Pepperdine, uh, winning in some type of impressive fashion that'll bump them up a seed line. But if, if they're on the six seed, I'm okay with 25%. Other than that, I think that's a little bit high. It's pretty arbitrary, whatever. If BYU wins the game in the NCAA tournament, I'll be happy. They don't need to get two. The only time that BYU has won twice in the NCAA tournament was when BYU had the National Player of the Year. And I don't think Alex Barcel is going to win that this year. So maybe BYU does that, but it's been awfully chalky historically. I'm hoping that trend doesn't happen this year. I'm hoping BYU wins and wins despite being a 6 or 7. 
Jerem, BYU men's volleyball has won three straight matches since that kind of head-scratching loss to Grand Canyon in Sweet No, fashion. I told you they were Are good, the... bro. I told you. I just didn't expect them to get swept. Yeah. It okay? was, it was so tied that, in two of the sets. That was surprising. All right. Are the Cougars back on track now that they've won three in a row? Uh, yeah, they were going to win these matches anyway um, against uh, you know Grand Canyon the next night, Concordia, Irvine, and USC. Now Stanford comes in 0-5. Jalen Jasper's not playing their best player. He's opting out of the season probably so he can transfer somewhere else. Uh, so the next real test is March uh, 19th and 20th at Pepperdine, basically next weekend. All right. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to go with, yeah, I think they're back on track. I know that we haven't really seen them play the highest level competition yet, but I, I feel like they're pacing in the right direction. Um, it, it's it's always a test early in the season, especially coming off COVID protocols and different things. Like they're, they're learning how to kind of get back in the groove and play without fans at the Smithfield house. So I'm giving them some extra time to kind of work through those weird scenarios. But I, I, ultimately, I think they're back on track. There's going to be 500, uh, hopefully this weekend. Gymnastics announced 500. I'm expecting volleyball to have the same. This is the best BYU gymnastics team in a long time, speaking of. Will this team get past regionals this year? It feels like they will, especially if they're in the top 12. If they are one of the top 12 seeded teams, then they're going to be expected almost to get to nationals, which is why they would be seeded as such. And, Jaron, they're scoring high on the road. Is it? It isn't just like comfortable home scores. They just put up a 196.9 on the road against the current number one ranked Oklahoma Sooners. This team's different. I feel like they are going to get to the next level. I agree. This team is different. All right, Jerem. Today is International Women's Day, so let's focus on some girl power here. Who is the most influential woman in BYU sports? Like historically or right now? You can answer both. Right now, it might be Jennifer Rockwood. Diljeet Taylor certainly there. Heather Olmstead continues to compete at a crazy high level, like winning 90% of the matches or something. All time, maybe Elaine Michaelis. They, they put her name on the uh, court in the Smithfield House, although it got a little weird at the end with her when they said, we're not going to have a women's athletic director, but we'll have this. Um, certainly honor there. BYU, I think, has one of the best uh, women's sports programs in the country. The Stanfords and the Dukes and the Texases and whatnot, they are certainly good, but I think BYU's top 10, maybe top 5. They're incredible. Think about what they're doing right now. Women's basketball pacing for the NCAA tournament, at least on the bubble. They're going to be favored to beat San Francisco today. They might win another conference tournament championship down here. Joining the likes of gymnastics, top 12 team, and a number two women's cross-country team. Soccer ranked number 14. Top 10 track. Track and field, the top 10. Like, we can go on and on about how amazing the program is. And volleyball's a top 20 team, too. They're number 15. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, as far as, like, the most influential, Elaine Michaelis holds that title for me right now all time. But Jen Rockwood currently, I, I expect that South Field to eventually become Rockwood Field. Ooh, she's, she's been like that it. much of a difference maker. I like it. All right, coming up, prop picks for tonight's semifinal matchup between Pepperdine and BYU. And maybe they will name the field after. We'll talk to her, Jennifer Rockwood. 400 wins at BYU. How about that? She'll join us next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch the latest BYUSN right now with Kiki Solano. It's BYU Sports with a social media twist. Watch the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. She's rolling around Vegas, so careful. Look out, Las Vegas. Okay, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B and in the Orleans Arena right now. That's exactly right. Our next guest is way better than we are at her job and probably even mm, our jobs. Yeah. Her name is Jennifer Rockwood, 400 wins, joins <laughs> us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Jen, we've known you for a long time, but 400 wins is, like, incredible. What, what was that like Saturday to not only beat LMU, but to accomplish something, as Gregor Bell said, you're the first woman to win 400 at the same school in D1. That's incredible. Yeah, it was it was awesome for sure. Um, you know, but during the game, you're just worried about winning the game. So I wasn't really thinking about that. Just making sure that we uh, did what we needed to do at LMU to uh, get our three points and, and move forward. But after all was said and done, uh, it was a fun little celebration on the field afterwards. I guess it means I'm I'm old and I've been doing it a long time. So got a few wins. Jen, it's International Women's Day, so it feels fitting that we have one of the most influential women on campus at BYU joining us on the program. And a lot of people look at you as a role model, major mentor. But do you see yourself as such? Because I know you bring a very humble approach to things. And for the record, we see you as that. But how do you feel about the impact and and the the role model uh, performance or role that you've had on so many women? Well, I, I hope um, I mean I aspire to be you know a good leader uh, and a good role model. Um, something that we try and, and have our athletes do as well. We spend a lot of time talking about it, and for me, I certainly know I can get better each and every day. So I try to do my very best. I I had a lot of great leaders and role models uh, that came before me that you know gave a, a young uh, you know 25, 26 year old a chance of coaching Division One soccer. And I know you mentioned the name Elaine Michaelis and. And Ann Valentine certainly were, were big role models for me and, and led the way for all of us to do what we love to do here athletically at BYU. And so certainly indebted to uh, what they brought and their dedication. They dedicated their lives to building uh, women's sports at BYU. And I think uh, it's in good hands with a lot of the people leading us right now and the women uh, that are still trying to move forward with what uh, Elaine and Ann tried to uh, start. We talked to BYU women's soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood, who just got her 400th win. Jen, take us back to the pre-NCAA days of BYU as a club. 95, (laughs) BYU becomes an NCAA-sanctioned sport, and then you're the coach, and like you said, you're 25, 26 years old. Now you're 32 years old, crazy. Uh, But it's it's been a minute, and you've been the only coach, and, uh, you know, where was it before you got it to this point? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think. I came out uh, to BYU as an 18-year-old, um, as many of us do. As a, as a college student, we were talking on, had my 12-speed and no car, and um, <laughs> played on the club soccer team, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, some of my best friends through college uh, uh, played on that. We weren't super good, but uh, got a little bit better, and after that, I graduated and coached the club team, so I was coaching my best friends uh, the very next year, so I've had an interesting path, certainly never Planned on uh, being a head coach professionally um, as a business finance major coming out of BYU. But it's the path, I think, that was uh, laid out for me and one I took and tried to do my very best. But 1995, they sanctioned the program, and I was the club coach. So Elaine came to me, and I think I was – I always say this. I was young and cheap, and not many people knew much about soccer in Utah. <laughs> so uh, since I had been doing a lot of things there with the club team, they, they let me give it a shot. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I had great help certainly along the way uh, with Chris Watkins uh, and Alicia Rose, who were uh, a part of my staff for most of those wins. Um, and then I have an amazing staff right now uh, that's been a big part of it that has really kind of rejuvenated my love for coaching and, um, and doing what I do. And I've had a blast doing it these last few years. And, and certainly just the amazing young women that have come through the program, um, thinking back on a lot of those memories and getting some texts from a lot of those alumni has been extremely fun, a little overwhelming for sure, because I, I just feel like I'm just still a kid kind of bouncing around BYU caught in the time warp. Um, but, uh, you know, again, just trying to do my best. <laughs> Coach, your BYU women's soccer team is one of a handful of very high-performing teams on campus right now. Your team ranked number 14. Uh, those rankings could change today or tomorrow, depending on what comes out in the latest polls. BYU women's volleyball ranked, track and field, cross-country, gymnastics, all top 20, if not top 15 teams how would you explain the, the current state of women's athletics at BYU right now and why they're performing at such a high level? Yeah, I, I think we're just we're in great shape right now. I think all of us have been kind of cooped up a little bit over the last year, uh, as well as the athletes. Um, uh, but we've got great leadership from above that has allowed us to do what we need to do to stay motivated and to stay out on our practice fields uh, and stay competing Um you guys know Carolyn well as our trainer. She's been making it possible to maneuver through all of this COVID and all the people that have been involved uh, in allowing us to, to still train through the pandemic um, and get us ready to where we compete. As you guys know, you know, football played more games, I think, than anyone. I think all of us have been competing. And then so we have what we need to be successful. We have tremendous athletes um, who are striving to be their very best. And we've got some of the greatest coaches around, some of the greatest administrators, and all together, um, you know, it's a full package at BYU, both on and off the field. And we all, I think, just really feel fortunate to be doing what we do right now in this time and enjoying it day by day. And I love the fact that the the administration's t- totally top-notch with, with, hey, we need to have women's sports and have great women's sports, right? We need to invest in our coaches yeah. and our facilities and our players and Spencer and I have daughters, and we're constantly pointing at, like, hey, you can be like Michaela Coolahan. You can be like Shaylee Gonzalez, right? These awesome athletes. Can you, can you tell us more about, like, the BYU women, uh, woman athlete and the kind of person that she is and the role model that they are for little girls like our daughters? Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. That's something that we, we are looking for when we recruit these outstanding young women to come is, is kind of overachievers, uh, you know, just kind of an all-around person, not just a great um, athlete. Um, obviously, you have to be a premier elite athlete to play at the level in any sport here at BYU or even Division One in general. And a lot of uh, the way to get there is drive, determination, um, focus, goal-oriented, um, you know, just driven and competitive in all of those good ways, but yet humble enough to learn and to be coached. Uh, and to take advantage of the situations that you're in. Everybody comes from different backgrounds. I'm sure everybody has their own unique story of how they ended up here at BYU. But ultimately, we are all working to be our best each and every day. Um, and um, knowing that we have control and we have choices that we can make that can can lead us to where we want to be, that there are big dreams out there that can be reached. And there's many that have come before us. 
uh, that have allowed for those opportunities to happen. And we need to take full advantage of what we have and not waste any time getting it done. So let's get it done. Let's win some games, win some championships, get a great degree, meet some great people um, and be a, a role model to all those and, and show them what we have to offer. And it's a great thing. And, and we have so many opportunities and so many reasons to be blessed and thankful for what we're going on, what we got going on here. So uh, just excited about everything. BYU women's soccer head coach Jen Rockwood with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, I don't know how many job offers you've turned down over the 25 years, potential huge money raises, but I do want to know why you chose to stay at BYU and continue to lead this program when certainly you had some other doors you could have walked through. Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think every coach here at BYU uh, certainly has uh, opportunities other places, but I think a lot of us are here because of what BYU represents. Um, I know growing up, uh, wanting to be at BYU and um, actually wanted to play basketball at BYU, but I wasn't good enough. So uh, I was a little better at soccer. That makes three of us. Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't want to play basketball at BYU, right? Uh, now I'm hoping the girls want to come and play soccer at BYU, so ch- changing that a little bit more. But um, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, I love my experience here at BYU. I-, I think most importantly, the people that I get to work around each and every day, you know, guys like you um and uh, my staff and and certainly the most important thing is the type of athletes that i get to recruit and surround myself with each and every day i learned from them probably a lot more than they ever learned from me you think i'd be smarter than i am with all these great kids around me so that i'm trying trying my best um but i just love it i I love for what we stand for what we try and represent Um, i have all all the things and all the tools that i need to be successful here so no reason to want to go anywhere else um yeah, I've just grown to, to love it here, and, and uh, I've, I've never really ever wanted to coach anywhere else. I, d- I knew that if I was going to stop coaching, um, or if I wasn't coaching at BYU, it wasn't because I was coaching somewhere else. It was just because I was going to maybe move on with some other things. But really enjoyed these past few years. I might have another year or two in me, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, hopefully many more. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, congratulations on 400 wins. Great commentary on what uh, you know, uh, women's sports mean to BYU and what, what they do. And uh, good luck against Santa Clara Saturday. That's a, that's a big game. Thanks. Yeah, they just took the tarp off the field. It's as green as can be, and we are so excited to get back on South Field. Okay. Thanks, Jen. Go Cougs. Go Cougs, indeed. That's Jennifer Rockwood on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Big one Saturday, Spence, 3 Eastern on BYU TV. We're going to have women's soccer and women's volleyball at the same time right next to each other. Ranked matchup, a couple of top 25 teams, and as it so often does, probably will determine the West Coast Conference Championship. That's exactly right. All right, coming up, our rise and shout-outs, featuring some more girl power on International Women's Day. And prop picks for tonight's men's basketball game against Pepperdine. Who's going to win? It's probably not going to be me. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation's always on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU radio app. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are a little over an hour from the uh, away from the women's semifinal first game, Gonzaga and uh, Santa Clara, I believe, right? And then uh, BYU and San Francisco. 
Okay, BYU vs. Pepperdine prop picks presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Ben Bagley, what's up? We'll start with number one. How many three-point shots will BYU make in the first half? Five. I think five. Okay, I'm going with four, Jerem. Again, it's closest to the number. Okay. That means if it's six, Jerem wins. If it's three, it's you, Spencer. Just so we're clear on that. Correct. All right. Number two. <laughs> Which player, both teams included, is the first to get to ten points? Uh, Kessel Edwards. I think he'll jack up more. And they have okay. a couple of dudes that are the guys. BYU has ten dudes that could be the guy. Yeah, I feel the same about Pepperdine being the first to reach 10, Jaron, because of that dynamic. Colby Ross, however, I think will get to the free throw line because that's what he does. He creates a lot of fouls, makes some free throws, so get a three or two to go, and I think he's the first to 10 points. All right, last one. In the first game against Pepperdine, Caleb Lohner had zero points. In game two, he had 11. How many points will he have in game three? Nine. Nine. I'm giving Caleb Lohner at least double figures, so I'm going to go 10 or more for Caleb Lohner. Yeah, certainly very well could. Who knows? Maybe he'll have 20. Our question of the day, who will be the Y factor for BYU tonight against Pepperdine? Our elite voice of the day, Brian Buss on Twitter. Gideon George, his length, ability to defend, ability to defend multiple positions will be key versus Pepperdine. Plus, I think he will have a nice offensive game, 12 or more points. He has a nice jump shot and a smooth to the basket. Okay, good be. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward, Spence. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Jen Rockwood specifically on getting to win number 400. It's incredible what she has done to take a flooded south field and no resources and turn it into a western soccer powerhouse where she's consistently in the top 15. I mean, just incredible stuff what she's done. And all the amazing women's programs on campus at BYU, uh, they deserve a well or a very loud rise and shout out for what they do to, to make us one of the top programs in the country. Amen to all of that. And uh, our guy Noah Reeb had Cosmo and football players and cheerleaders show up, uh, which was super cool. By the way, Noah um, went in for surgery. They're going to do chemo. They didn't remove the brain tumor. So best of luck to Noah, our guy, and good luck with everything. You can do it, man. We're with you. Our thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Jennifer Rockwood. Conversation continues 24-7. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Katie Larkin. We'll see you on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow.